blessing there by is your girl Lexi Lex. Um, June has been an interesting month, very interesting month, and reason being because one great interviews, um, great music talk uh, with Wen McDowell, um, just great, very great, and those um, that are listening to the podcast and even this episode for the first time. My theme, my objective for every episode on Ego of Encouragement is always to be an encourager. And just remind y'all, it's not just, not just for the believers, but for everybody to encourage. So it don't matter who you are, no matter what background you come from, no matter what social class, financial class, doesn't matter your age. You need encouragement, this is the place for you. Um, As I mentioned throughout the month of June, um my themes to honor men and it has been wonderful um great interviews uh, one with um mr way young jr um where he talked about overcoming a lot of things um great to achieve greatness and i believe he's not done yet um father daughter interview with mr um john martinez carroll with his daughter mrs tanisha pickney um if you've not been able to check out the interviews please check them out on not just on spotify but on any any uh, resource you get your podcasts, but I'll tell you this: for music talk episodes, you have you will only be able to check it out on Spotify. Okay. Um, even though the month of June does involve different themes, um, one is Black Music Month, one is Father's Day, a few other things, but. Today, I want to encourage y'all to do some more research, and I'll tell you why. Um, If you're not familiar with Juneteenth, you will be today. And even though I was focusing, you know, on the men, make sure men are honored, valued, respected, and have a voice, I want to also focus on different areas of June, especially in the area of history, because history is one of my favorite subjects. And... You always see things happen, but sometimes we never know the origin of a thing or how things came forth. And so we get a chance. Check out um, the one I did for Black Music Month, the one I did for Father's Day, and check out the one uh, check out the one or tune in. We'll be here now. It's by Juneteenth. And I'll be honest with you, we always hear about different things, so many different things, but we never know the origin of a thing. So today, um, I would like to take you to a little story about how Juneteenth came forth. And um, the resource I will be telling you about is was from history.com. And so um, I was reading to it, and even though I've heard a story before, um, it's very interesting we find more facts into it. So as you listen to Juneteenth's episode, um, let us be encouraged to stir to research the history, not just a while save, but also research it for yourself. Because um, one thing I like to do, I think all people do, is like to verify what's being spoken. So here we go. Um, as you know, Juneteenth was just celebrated this month on the 19th. But here's how it all came to pass. Um, in the year 1865, here in Galveston, in Texas, city of Galveston, Texas, um, a lot of slave, um, there was a time where slavery was still taking place. And years ago, prior to what I'm about to mention, um, Abraham Lincoln had 
did a, proc- a, a, a proclamation called Emancipated Proclamation to Free Slaves. But here's the catch though. Slaves, they're only in Confederate states. So certain states were not, so if you were not Confederate state at that time, if you was not, if you, if a slave did not live in a Confederate state, they were not part of the Emancipated Proclamation. But check this out though. As things are going forth, um, the Emancipation Proclamation was done in 1863 by President Abraham Lincoln. But check this out though. Even though the word was put out about slaves are free, that like slaves were not no longer allowed in the United States, some slave owners didn't really want to give their workers, their their property, the news. Because one, some wanted to wait till harvest season. And two, they liked what they were doing. They liked the fact that they, this is just me, they liked the fact they could control people. They had workers, they had laborers doing God knows how much labor and not just in the cotton fields, but any field, whether in the, um, in the, um, what to call it? I'm gonna call it the, the big garden in the farm. And not just, you know, in the back in the day, the cotton, um, vegetables, corn, but even in the big house, as people call it. Um, some slave owners really were not okay with this. But for some reason in Texas, slave owners were okay being in Texas because guess what? It was a nice safe, safe haven. And plus, uh... The law, the Emancipation Proclamation, did really touch Texas. But check this out though. As time went on, there was actually let me kind of rewind this back. Um before the Juneteenth moment. Prior to the Juneteenth celebration and prior to um troops going to Galveston, Texas, and telling the slaves they were free, officially free. There was a meeting with the Confederate States um, saying, hey, look, we want to be done with the, we want to be, we want to, there's a term called secession. And the secession term is defined as withdrawing or separating from something. And at the time with the slavery and then it was a civil war going on, there was a lot of stuff going on, whether um, with, with both you know, North and South, but also with the fact that slavery was also a component of the civil war. And it was affecting, affecting the slave owners, we all do, it was affecting different states. And so, Different states want to say, you know what? Let's be done with the slave. Let's be done with this. Like, I don't want to do the slavery thing no more. I'm, the culture, the economic concern this is affecting us. Let's get up. Let's let's separate from this. We don't want to be a part of the slavery. Move. We don't want to. We don't want to. Uh, what term? We don't. We don't want. We don't. Want, we don't want slave. We don't want. We want people to be free. Black slaves be free. Men, women, and children. Huh? 
And so, um, and let me just give you a little background on the states that were part of Confederate. It includes South Carolina, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Now, I will say this. Texas came onto the Confederate part later on. But here's a funny thing, though. Somebody, Texas knew, but some um, enslavers that I certainly see as a term, are like, uh, yeah, we, we, they know, we, well, we got the news that they, they're free, but uh, we're not ready to let them go. And it's kind of familiar in, um, in a biblical standpoint where in the book of Genesis, and I probably will say Exodus too, some parts of it, but more in Exodus, where um, God t- God used Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. <laughs> and it's kind of funny when I saw this um, part where in sla- slave owner did not want to tell the slaves they were free. And in a biblical story where God told told God told me to tell Pharaoh that people go. God also, on different moments and occasions, changed the heart of Pharaoh. And you think yourself, why would God do that? One is because to show Himself strong and mighty, but to say that if if this is gonna happen, it's gonna happen my way. And not going on my own on your on man's ability, but on God's ability and God's ways and God's direction. So as the Confederate States all say, hey, we don't we don't want nothing to do with slavery. And even Arizona joined in on the Confederacy part, say, hey, we don't do with slavery. When there was word that Texas was not doing their part. Texas slave owners were not doing their part. They're like, you know what? We're going to um, reinforce this um, policy, reinforce the, procl- the Emancipation Proclamation of Slaves Be Free. And um, you know how, um, and let's be honest, we all had certain rules and certain regulations and certain guidances, but sometimes where we just don't. How to say this? We just don't take it seriously, and there are times we need a. Sometimes we need a warning. Sometimes we need re-encouraging. Sometimes we need redirection. But when you got to bring a general and troops to your state to enforce a proclamation, something's wrong. And when I think about how, um, how uh, what was it? How in a story about the Juneteenth, where um, prior to the Juneteenth in Galveston, how um, General Gordon Granger, um, let's say, did a lot of encouraging, and prior to that, General Robert E. Lee surrendered to surrendered to the Apomattox Courthouse two months earlier in Virginia um, it's amazing how a lot of people didn't want to let's say 
common agreement or common alignment that um, black slaves, and I'll say, and let me tell you this, here's why I say black slaves because there's a rare story of white slaves, a rare story, rare, very rare, and I doubt there was any white slaves at the time. And also at the time, slaves back in the days were all black. And if there was any slave of other colors, please let me know. I'll even do a background check on it. But um, when slavery was finally placed, hey, you know what? Slavery is over. Let's just say um, not a lot of people wanted to let go of the slaves because they were comfortable with the fact that... Um, they was comfortable with the fact that they had control. Um, they was comfortable with the fact that, hey, I got all these people working for me. Why let them go? I like what I have. Um, they are mine. The thing themselves, they are mine. But it is one thing I have learned. When it's time to be free, it's time to be free. And not just physically free, but mentally free. And... When a slave owner decided to say, you know what, I'm not going to tell them because I need, I still got some work to do and I like the property I have. And back in the day, let's be honest, slave owners view black slaves, human beings as property, as property to do whatever they wanted to. And let's put it this way. There's a, a scripture that says, um, uh, God's was the proud, get crazy to the humble. And this also scripture says, you know, pride comes for destruction, haughtiness comes, haughtiness comes before a fall. And well, there has been a, de- uh, a decree put out that, hey, uh, slaves are free, and you, slave owner, want to let the person go or a group of people go, um, you'll be encouraged voluntarily or involuntarily. And I think about how when God um, is calling us somewhere, or will say, hey, you know, I need to separate just you need to separate yourself from a certain persons or relationship or a certain group of people or a certain organization. Um on one side you wanna do it, and some will say, No, 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 you know, can you stay longer? No, no, we need you, we need you. And then there are some that say, you know what? Um, I'm kinda scared to let go because what I'm gonna do, I, that's all I'm used to, that's all I know. And so when this came out, this is just me. When Texas got the order during the, the meeting, the Confederacy meeting, that hey, slaves are free, let them go. I believe the heart of the representative did not want to release the slaves. I believe there was such a such a place where if I had brought probably some pride um probably some part of control because one they no longer had dominion slave owner no had dominion over slaves no longer could they keep them bound and even you look in, in history and let's be honest probably some slave contracts there's probably some auction that's going on. They're probably planning to do auctions. They're probably planning to do other things. But when you've been ordered to let the slaves go free, you still don't want to do it. Oh, that's a problem. And the lovely, lovely 
General Gordon Granger and his troops stood on Texas soil and read General Orders Number 3. And those in the military know, we hear the word General Orders, you know that means something. Says the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Now, I will tell you this. Just in case you kind of need rewind. Emancipation Proclamation happened January 1st, 1863. Two and a half years later, Gordon Granger had to give the orders to Texas and say, look, slaves are free, let them go. And this is just me. I believe that after those orders that General Gordon Granger said, I believe if the slave owners did not obey this, they will be kind of encouraged to obey. And I don't think it will not be in a nice verbal way. It will be kind of in a physical way. That's just me. You know, that, that's just me. But here's what President Abraham said. President Abraham Lincoln established that all people in Confederate states in rebellion against the Union shall be then, thereforward, and forever free. So, I think about how, I think about how slavery, even though it's going on in different ways, and um, even the way I probably, even the way you probably kind of put that human trafficking in some kind of way, because there's a slavery going on, it's just, it's just kind of done different ways. I think about how in a biblical terms, where when God says he wants you free from something, oh, he will help you be free. And sometimes, um, even with this history fact, um, and let me finish the history fact thing before I continue, before I further make my point. Um, 250,000 slaves were free from slavery in Texas. And I think a lot of slave, a lot of slave owners were like, dang, you know, um, how I'm going to make my money? You know, I got all this work to do. Uh, you're human. You got hands and feet put to use. Okay. So, after that lovely day with, um, from Mr. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. I had some nice electrolytes. Um, General Granger puts the order out in Texas. Slaves are free. And slave owners let them go, or I'm gonna encourage you to let them go, and my truth will encourage you for sure. Let them go. After this, in December 1865, the same year that duty took place, 13th Amendment was created, where it says America formally abolished slavery in the United States. Now, I'm gonna say this. Um, oh, let me finish this, finish this a little more. Years later, years, years later, after this took place, the the, the, the Matthew Page Proclamation, 1863, the Juneteenth in June, 1865. And um, one thing that I know about Juneteenth is Juneteenth is actually broken down as June 19th. It just created a different way. So, recently, a few years ago, Juneteenth became an official holiday. 
And so you may wonder, why is this important? Well, let me say this. Um, if you go back in history, and even, um, I won't say that no strike towards black me and towards anybody, but if you look back through history, and even there's movies about it based on some true, true um, story that may be modified it, during the movie, just, you know, for movie reasons. But um, when you get word about freedom, and especially you kind of acclimatize to slavery, and there are moments you, you know about what's going to happen, you know when it's going to happen, and there are times where you lose hope because you wonder when it's ever going to happen. And when you get word that you're free, for some, they always knew it. I believe for some, it took a hot minute because they had been so contact being bound. And I believe a lot of um, slaves, um, if you if there was a chance to interview some, even that you know, people that came a generation of slaves, you would ask them what was their mindset like when they got word that they were free. Some may want to stay with the slave owner because they were so kind to them. Some like I'm hungry on dashing because um, one, I want to connect my with my wife and kids. And if you read, 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 if you go back in history, um, there were stories where um, um, families, black slave families, were not always together. Some were auctioned off and separated for slave owners' use for property and value and work and all the good things. And I think of how. When people say, you know, why would this be important? Because one, um, African Americans, um, we have gone through a lot of things, and the people that's come before us, um, being kidnapped from one country to another to support, let's say, an, like a business organization or let's say an ungodly one. And even to a point thinking that um, black people are fear they got their no value, but yet you choose to use them as property. And uh, if we have to be honest, there's history where um, slaves were used for some stuff that, let's be honest, I wouldn't wish upon my own, my own, my own my enemies, my worst, worst of enemies, because... We hear slavery, slave, histories of stories about slavery where um, they were whipped. Um, stories where um, people were used by not just a slave owner, but a slave owner's wife um, as property. Um, some had affairs with them. Some had kids with them. Some... Would probably somebody probably denied that they were their kids, even though they did it with the slaves. Um, African Americans, we have come, we had to overcome and break through a lot of barriers because African Americans, let's be honest, and sadly, sometimes it still happens to this day, are sometimes envied by other races and all 
and I'm not gonna say just the color of skin, but I think certain people, certain cultures wish they were black. Um, let's be honest, um, African Americans, we had to um, fight two of them for the right to vote, the right to read, the right for the right for education, a true education. Because let's be honest, probably been some stories where, um, depending on the location of blacks, probably got, did not get the proper textbooks, proper teachings, um, was probably discounted or disvalued because of the color of their skin. Um, some were probably, you know, had some verbal degrading, uh, especially when segregation um, had took place in certain states and probably around the whole United States where um, blacks are considered one area, whites considered another area, or let's say um, segregation was as low as uh, water fountains. Um, blacks and whites could drink the same water fountain. Um, we're coming to be on a bus. Um, black, black African-American men and women, children, um, had to move their, move, move their, give up their seats on a bus and sit in the back. Um, just so a white person can sit. And I keep thinking about Miss Rosa Parks, how she was like, no, I'm not moving. And when she's like, no, I'm not moving. She's like, I don't care if I'm going to jail. Um, I'm not going to move because you're white. I'm a human being just like you. Just because the color of my skin is not like yours does not mean you're going to make me or bully me to give up my seat for you to sit down because of the color of your skin. And I will say this, and I, and I will say this, not all white people are racist. Not all Hispanics, Chinese and I'll say not all people of Caucasian skin color are racist. Um, but I do believe there is a spirit of racism. I do believe there is people that does treat black folks with disrespect because of the color of their skin. I believe they are shunned at. Which I wish they were black because they wanted to what about you. Like, you know... You this, you're that, um, you're a scum, you're dirty, uh, what's the term, um, been stories people called, what called the N-word, um, monkey, um, so say your nose too big, nose too wide, um, look at your butt, there are times people have said blacks were ugly, African were ugly, they got ugly skin, they're dirty, I don't like, why would you say that, because you wish you was that? Or because there's a certain, and I don't know if it's just me. This is probably just me. There was a certain, I don't know, just an anointing, a certain grace, a certain love for them that no matter how much you afflicted African-Americans, they always had a tenacity to get back up, a tenacity to persevere, a tenacity to press through and fight through. Even though they were discriminated, disvalued, and thrown away like a piece of meat because they wasn't Caucasian skin. And we didn't want to go there on hair. We're going to go there on culture. And y'all can say, you know what? This is nothing. Like, we don't need to talk about this. No, we need to talk about this. But <laughs> sometimes we forget those that paid away for us. Sometimes we forget those that went through some hell. 
slavery. Who? That was some hell. And then after slavery, segregation. And then I think there was like different movies where I think of school like in Arkansas where black students were all like persecuted and ridiculed because they were not white. Um, in the story of Remember the Titans, um, the racism, the disrespect, the prejudice because of the color of their skin. And some of y'all wonder, like, like some this is the question I ask myself, and no respect towards all white folks, because not all y'all, but it's just a mindset of how y'all been trained and taught to see black people. Some of y'all been trained to see black people as nothing as trash. But y'all will try to copy things to say, oh, this how I can relate to black people. The devil's a lie. Because there's a culture style that African Americans created that you wish you, your culture could create it. And I'll even say this. Not all white people hate black folks. It's just something that's been taught. And let's be honest with you, be honest, um, Caucasians, white people. My challenge is y'all repent. Ask the Holy Ghost, if you're not saved, do some fan research, those ancestry things. See if there was some racism. See if there was, if you, somewhere in your bloodline was a slave owner and, and disvalued African Americans. And then when you see what you see, be, be able to repent and say, oh my God, what, like, why, like, like, why? What do we do to y'all? We did nothing. Like, why would you discredit and disvalue African Americans because of color their skin? And I will say this, blacks, African Americans, not all white people are racist. Not all white people um, make feel less than. There are white people, there are Caucasian folks, Caucasian skin, white skin, they wouldn't want to help the uh, African-American community. But I'll also say this um, to you Caucasians and to white folks and those that has either taught or been taught, whether generational or ungenerationally, and you still think, oh, um, African-Americans are, are not value. They're chance of their blessing. <laughs> and they wasn't. You will not be trying to copy them. And um, I would say it's the African-American community. Hold your head up high. We may not got the silver spoon in our mouths. We may have to fight tooth and nail to get the right to vote, the right to education, the right to go to school, the right to live in communities, the right to get certain jobs that we know we are worthy of getting. Be proud that you are part of a culture, ethnicity, color that at most times are underestimated, but wish they were us. So, to my African American community, I don't know, I don't care who you are. Um, you may have some bad experiences. Um, one, I should forgive those that were especially white folks that were racist towards you. I don't know what they do. They don't recognize how valuable you are because let's be honest, some things have been taught, something was passed down and was not confronted. Um, 
that you recognize how valuable, how great you are as an African American. I don't care you dark skin, light skin, black person. Be grateful for the culture you are in. Be grateful for the color skin that you are. Because a lot of people wish they were you. A lot of people wish they have the perseverance, the tenacity to bounce back, to get up and keep going. The desire to break barriers. The desire to push through stuff that will try to hold you back because of the color of your skin. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, one, I rarely dealt with racism from other race, especially from Caucasian folks. And a few years ago, I got dealt that. I experienced that, and it really was shocking. And I said to myself, why in the world I'm going through this? And can I say, prior to that experience, there time I wish I was, at that time, I, no, not that, I, I, that time I hate, I wish I was not black because of the, of the, the treatment kept getting from people in the same race. And with all black people, it was just their character and the conduct. But when I got, when I had experienced something where, it was because of the color of my skin, and ain't gonna lie, it broke me and hurt me, but it made me, it made me say I'm glad I'm a black woman, a strong black woman, because I will see how people say, oh, we love black folks. But I'm like this, you're saying, but your heart don't, your heart probably don't define it. So I encourage you, when you get a chance, do your research about Juneteenth, do your research about slavery, um, do your research, and I will say this, once again, those of you who are Caucasian skin white, I ask that you have a heart to understand value African Americans. And I'll even challenge you to ask yourself, do I envy or hate black people because I wish they were black? Is because they keep bouncing back and making progress? Is it because they got certain features that I wish I had? Because they have a certain personality, got certain music, certain traits that I wish I had. Ask yourself, are you, do you wish you were black? Because let me say something. When you envy and wish somebody, like discredit somebody, let's be honest, it's not because you can't stand it, because you wish it was them. And I pray that you value and actually you know what the scripture says Psalm 139 and I believe it's verse 13 says pray um that scripture says that I'm fearfully made and let's be honest um my prayer is that if you are a Caucasian white person wherever race you are Japanese Hispanic wherever that you value your skin you value your race of culture come from but value African-American community because even though you may say say one thing towards them, you only wish it was them because they have such an endurance, such a faith to press through. But that you have the heart to say, how can I be a blessing to the African-American community? That you're not just doing it just to, let's say, what I call PFD, public, political fashion display, or PR, public relations, or, you know, for safe, uh, like for selfie, for TikTok, or for Instagram, for social media purposes, where you have a traditional heart, a pure heart to say, how can we be a blessing to the African community? What can I do to lessen the blow of discrimination towards African Americans, especially towards boys, towards men, towards women especially? 
because um, let's be honest y'all um, even though it's not as high as it is um, it still takes place and especially recently um, there was a law um, set and legalized in Texas to where um, the hair that is no discrimination about the hair because a lot of um, stories where um, African Americans were either selected up or even scolded or persecuted because of their hair as one thing, regulation where you can't have your hair a certain length, but there's no regulation, you still want to like persecute the because they got dreadlocks or they do something with their hair that you wish you, they, you could do with your own hair. Something's wrong. So, um, my challenge to you, um, the listeners, um, ask yourself are you racist? Do you wish you were black? Do, do you hate black people because you wish, well, wish you were them? And so, I pray that you have a hard repentance. And it's got to show you why you wish you were them. But also show how you be a blessing to them. And I will say to the African community that you value color of your skin. And I'll even say this. If you've been discriminated within your own race, because not just color of your skin, but because you wasn't light, because you wasn't dark skin, because you, what happens with this? Because you were dark skin, light skinned. My prayer is that you don't beat yourself up, that you don't wish you were different color, you don't wish you were white. Because I'm going to be honest with you, at that time I wish another race because of the because of something I got from my own within my own culture. But I pray that you'll value your color. You value the color of your skin. Because I'm telling you this right now, if God didn't think you can handle being a dark-skinned black person or a light-skinned black person or even in a neutral he would never give me that skin color. So I encourage you, research your history, check out the slavery, and see how far we have accomplished as African Americans, and also value Juneteenth. Even though Juneteenth marks the day of being announced, being that, sex, that slaves and texts were free, ask yourself, what is the message proclamation for yourself, whether mentally, emotionally, spiritually that we are great, we are valued, we are a blessing and I will say this um, if you've been racist towards blacks, racist toward yourself or within your race, ask God give a heart, ask God why why I treat people like this if there's something in me that does not like the way I'm made, when God said I made you in my image no matter what your skin color but also Ask God to give you the heart to appreciate a gratitude for you, for who you are. No matter if you're black, white, light-skinned. But also there'll be a, print, a heart repentance. That um, there'll be repentance on behalf of those who discriminate African-American community. But also for African-American community. That we will repent for discounting those that came before us. That we would that we would become discounted the color of our skin. Wishing that we were white, wishing that we were another we were another race because of what we've been through. And I'll say it again just because not even because I'll say it again, if God didn't think you could handle being dark skin, light skin, brown skin, he would not give you that color. Other than that y'all, um this is your girl Lexi Lex and remember keep 
soar like an eagle in your heart, in your mind, and throughout life. And remember, somebody needs to get the God putting you. Have a great day.